Welcome to Intrepid Heroes, the actual play podcast of the Devastation Arc Adventure Path from Paizo. I'm Ron, your GM. And I'm Scott. I'm playing Raz, the Skittermander Envoy. I'm Stephanie. I am playing Koholo. She is a Karasha Lashunta Solarian. I'm John. I'm playing Leroy, a Dragonkin Vanguard. I'm Rob. I'm playing Zero, a Halfling Operative. Hi, I'm Mark. I'm playing Dr. Ammon26, a android biohacker. Hi, I'm Eleanor, and I am playing Simon, a probably human mystic. And now, on with the episode! Alright everybody, and here we are, be kicking off the Devastation Arc adventure path with Waking the World Sea by Jenny Jerzowski. It is, uh, it's, it's the beginning, it's the start of the thing. We're, uh, we've got a couple of people who've come back from the... Dawn of Flame Adventure Path, but otherwise it's a whole new campaign. Yeah, Very exciting. exciting. To have everybody here. Wow, yeah. So, alrighty. Well, to kick this thing off with a uh, with a bit of an enticement, uh, let's find out about who you are, each of you. I will, uh, I will, I will let each of you know um, that you have received a uh, a, rec- a recruitment letter from Abadar Corp. Uh, specifically, it's from uh, from their board of directors uh, that is looking for exceptionally well-qualified individuals for a high-stakes troubleshooting and rescue operation um, for finding for uh, pursuing the mission and completing it. You'll each be paid twenty-five thousand credits. Nice, could use that. Um, and if you are interested, yeah. you are yep. to meet at Absalom Station. You're going to board a ship called the Breath of Embers, and mm, you're going cool to be name. headed to a planet in the vast called Jedarat, J-E-D-A-R-A-T, um, and you're going to be meeting an Abadar Corp representative there uh, named Esafina Knott. All that is in your letter, um, but let's ask, where where are you when you receive this letter? Who wants to go first to describe your character, who you are, what you're doing when you get this letter? Well, as sort of a continuation, maybe uh, Raz will let you know. Um, he's wrapped up saving the entire system and universe and everything else uh, in Dawn of Flames. And uh, he's currently, uh, he was currently uh, just hanging out with Julikashti, um, kind of in that area, back to his old sort of old life in a way. But... Uh, Raz, the uh, Skittermander envoy, is um, not shouting at people quite as much anymore because it's, <laughs> it's he's in society now, um, catching up with friends and and uh, a certain person that he was corresponding with uh, on the sly, as it were, feeding some information about Jilakashti. But uh, that's when he got the 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 message, and since Jilakashti sort of has his own life and his own world now, and uh, uh, Raz is sort of itching to to maybe get back out and, and uh, find out what's going on out there in the world. So it's a good opportunity for him. Alrighty. How 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 about Koholo? Stayed in touch with Raz. Uh, back to Castrovel for a bit, um, but realized that uh, you know things don't change much around there. So I uh, thought that I would um, uh, 
go uh, out in search of, of some better ways to use my talents and continue my exploration of uh, the Solarian mysteries and um, just becoming a, a developing my my powers, my understanding of. Let me let, let me interrupt there for the two of you who are returning from the prior campaign. Part of the reason that everybody else's missive says to go to the ship, the Breath of Embers, that that's your guys' ship, mm-hmm. is because you had another meeting after you got this recruitment letter. Um, the other meeting that you had is from a uh, Rhyforian on an Absalom station um, whose name is Kael. Uh, Kael set up a meeting with you in a vegan cafe on Absalom station. Um, Excellent. She explains that she has a shit that her wife is a visiting professor at the deep cultures Institute and everybody, uh, we know those people, everybody at the deep cultures Institute thinks very highly of you guys. And, and part of the reason they think very highly of you is you'll remember early in the campaign, people thought the deep cultures Institute were kind of quacks, right? There, there's no way there's anything in the middle of the sun. You're, you're crazy for considering it or even thinking about it, but they proved to be correct. And so she has sought you out because she needs what she thinks is the same kind of help. She explains that she's part of an organization called the Xeno Wardens. Uh, The Xeno Wardens are involved with environmental efforts. And the planet Jeterot, out in the vast, is actually a joint project between the uh, Abadar Corp and the Xeno Wardens. Uh, they're developing it into sort of a uh, a luxury resort hotel area. There's a subsidiary of Abadar Corp that's involved in actually developing the thing. But the planet has some weird ruins on it. And the Xeno Wardens have mostly been there as part of this project to make sure that the that Abadar Corp doesn't, you know, violently abuse the planet. It doesn't have any sapient life on it, but of course. All parts of ecology are important, especially to the Xeno Wardens. And so when they come upon these ruins, the Xeno Wardens are the ones who go in to make sure that the ruins are safe, that nobody's harming them, etc. And the, the rescue mission that's mentioned in the recruitment letter is that one of these Xeno Warden teams has disappeared and a lot of the corporate-owned terraforming equipment has just gone haywire. There's some suspicion among the Abadar Corp people that the, that the Xeno Wardens are somehow responsible, that this is an act of, an intentional act of eco-terrorism. Ah. And this woman's here to say, look, it's not us. It's not any of our people. They are... Reliable people, uh, skill, a skilled team that really wants to work in harmony with both the corporate side and the and the the ecology of the planet. But you two are known for part of a group that's taken some people that have been kind of blasted in the media or in public perception for being uh, uh, sort of misaimed or maligned and rehabilitating their reputation. She she wants you to do the same here. She says, look, the Xenowardens, I mean, they might, this might blow up and have the Xenowardens be the target of public disdain. And I, I need people who can help solve the problem without harming any local wildlife or destroying relic, relics of an ancient culture. And uh, 
I also think this might appeal to you because Jedirat is it's an ice planet. It'll be a welcome break from your time in the sun. <laughs> nice. So we'd like you not only to accept the the request from Abadar Corp, but to also lend your ship to getting everybody out there. That'll show that you're being sort of at the forefront of the responsibility here and uh and just uh, yeah, let everybody know that it isn't us. So that uh, sounds like that meeting PR is, trip. is by everybody <laughs> a, little else. a little bit. You're right. But, a, but a, uh, uh, she's insisting uh, kind of multiple times throughout the, uh, uh, the lunch she has for you that she really sees this as spiraling out of control and painting the Xeno Wardens in a very bad light when they don't have any responsibility here. And she just needs experienced people to make sure that that doesn't happen. And you two are the two she trusts. Oh, come now. I'm I'm sure that the you know people would not blow things out of proportion just based on simple rumors and conjecture. <laughs> That's um, that, that, uh, not if you're doing your job right. Well, <laughs> I'll. Um, sadly, we cannot get the band back together. Not all of them, anyhow. Uh, Koholo here was available, but uh, uh, the rest of them seem to have had uh, well. Other commitments, other things that they're doing, or they just didn't um, get the recruitment letter in the first place, or they were not recruited. Right. Um, but I, I for one, will certainly uh, be happy to uh, try to find them, and then by finding them, hopefully clear clear the name of the Xeno Wardens. I think you do very good work. I see no reason uh, not to do this. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you right. both. So, who and else there is it getting is. the first one of the new campaign? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, I can go next. Already. Right. So, yeah, so uh, Altagos here is a large brownish, sandy brownish colored uh, dragonkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and he's was uh, a shock trooper actually, uh, working on Triaxis and uh, employed there with his partner, Jay Kins. And they had been working primarily uh, some of the corporate skirmishes out on Akaton, um, doing work, both work for, and it turns out uh, sometimes against uh, Edge Corp, um, dealing with some of their holdings there. And uh, in a prior life, uh, as a shock trooper, he had been really, really aggressive. In fact, his squad mates started calling him Leroy for some reason. Um, and that name is, is kind of stuck with him, uh, in part because uh, he and his partner would really just kind of charge in and take on, uh, you know, large groups at the same, you know, before the rest of the, the folks got there. And unfortunately, there, there was some negative consequences in his his uh, bonded partner, Riforian uh, Jenkins, passed away, and uh, Altagos is uh, kind of seeing uh, the error of his ways. And subsequently, he did get a new partner, a halfling named Zero Bound, who happens to be the only person who typically calls him by his actual name um, rather than his nickname. Uh, but he's uh, Altagos is decided that he's he's going to do everything he can to make sure that Zero doesn't fall uh, to the same fate as his previous partner. 
whereas Zero is eager to protect Altargos, a sweet soul from the evil megalodons of Abadar Corp. <laughs> uh, he's not going to get taken by a job like this, but it's from what he's heard about it through the grapevine, it sounds perfect for them as a pair. Zero is a Xenoseeker and fixer for um, Altagos. He's a halfling. He in civilian clothes, he favors the loud and bright. He insists his hair is chartreuse, not green. <laughs> and and uh, but he cleans up reasonably well, and he's very shifty and very mobile, and not in not actually inclined to be seen in places where he's not supposed to be, which is a change from his early life. He used to be a vlogger whose specialty was going into places where he didn't belong. He called it gonzo ethnography, <laughs> where he would go and um, expose the dark underbellies of other cultures, often without their permission or, frankly, a lot of respect or sense. At one point, he tried to do this on Triaxis among the dragonkin and found himself ending up as a partner of Altagos, a.k.a. Leroy. Since then, he's put the vlog aside, but kept the wardrobe. Nice. Cool. Sounds good. Uh, I can go next. Sure. Uh, Dr. Ammon26 is an uh, android, and uh, he is a biohacker. He's been hanging out uh, at, at um, Absalon Station, actually, trying to uh, drum up funding for a new project uh, and not having much luck with it um, because he's actually not very good with people. Um, so, uh, But he has done work of this type before he's he's actually had to pay the bills this way in the past and found uh, the field work to be uh very beneficial for for new discoveries and and exciting pathogens and traumas and uh disorders so uh you will actually find him uh yeah ooching about uh, absalon station uh trying to hit people up for money to to fund a research project Hey, buddy, you want to fund a bio-research project? Huh? Do you? Huh? Exactly. Hey, man, I got the stuff. <laughs> Come on, big pharma. There's big money in pharma. Come on. You know you just, want to. just opens his trench coat, and there's like a, a, a big sheet of paper in there with his proposal on it. <laughs> totally. Oh. And uh, Simon is... Uh is also getting, and it's not a recruitment letter, it's a job assignment, but it also gives you the 25,000 credit payment, which is much more than you usually get. What? Tell us about Simon. Uh, he's probably at the office. He's in a gray zone between a corporate lawyer and just an independent attorney. They're a smaller office, but they're affiliated with Abdarkor. Mm -hmm. And uh, he sighs at it. It's clear he doesn't seem very enthused, but uh, the boss, his boss has been whining about money lately, and this would go a long way to making him quiet down and improve the life of his co-workers by quite a bit. 
And the thing about, you know, working as sort of a corporate agent is uh, it's not a good idea to say no for your career. Mm-hmm. He, he could if he wanted, but it's mm-hmm. going to take social capital. He just doesn't really want to spend. So he uh, makes a note of it and uh, finishes with his other files for the day sends out some emails saying he's going to be away and how to contact him and uh, gets to packing up some equipment. Party and heads oh, to the ship. Nice. There's also nice. something that, you know, even without a, uh, um, uh, without any kind of looking into it as a subsidiary, as, as a subsidiary of Abadar Corp, um, uh, you know that it's actually a subsidiary of Abador Corp who is responsible for the Jetterat project called New Horizons Luxury Retreats. I think he's um, going to sigh a little more at that one. Party. <laughs> if you if you'd like to, then I could use either a culture check or a uh, diplomacy check to gather information. If anybody is interested in finding out more about either New Horizons Luxury Retreats or Jetterot, the planet that you're going to, um, you're welcome to make checks. What what were the options again? Uh, to find out what? about uh, to find out about what company is actually hiring you, what subsidiary uh-huh. of Abadar Corp, and where you're actually going. No, what skills? Sorry. What uh, skills? Oh, diplomacy. Culture or diplomacy? Okay. okay. Yeah, those are the, the standard ones there. Yeah. Well, let's try a culture check. And I'm just going to use my uh, paper character sheet here and the. <laughs> Starting off the uh, podcast with a real dismal roll for me. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you know, 27 is not bad. Oh, wait, that's a roll of a four. Oh, wow. Now you're not supposed to look at the number and judge it by that. <laughs> I've had DMs that do that. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. All right, well, you still beat me because I rolled a two. Gives me a 22, though. I rolled well, but I'm actually not that diplomatic, so 26. All righty. Well, here's, here's what you're able to find out. Let me also say, I want to point out, uh, Jetterot isn't new. Um, if you've got a copy of the Starfinder Core rulebook, page four sixty-five, which has several different planets that are out in the uh, in near space or the vast, has Jetterot on it. Jetterot's something that the original core book even mentioned. Um, so it's a planet you're going to now. Um, and oh, yeah, with your results, wait, I guess I should ask: Can I use so? Can I use my character sheet that's in D twenty or? Yeah, it world, work. huh? Okay. Yep. Um, so about Jetterot, it is an inhospitable planet in the vast, discovered mm-hmm. about 10 years ago. Its poor atmosphere, icy climate, and remote location disappointed the explorers that first landed there. But Abadar Corp saw potential in the remote world. Together with a startup company called New Horizons Luxury Retreats and the Xeno Wardens, who were interested in the planet because it was um, otherwise sort of un- unexplored, Abadar Corp purchased construction rights and began terraforming Jetterot only a year after its discovery. Uh, while Jetterot isn't home to any known indigenous sentient life, mysterious ruins cover its surface. The architecture and the materials found in these ruins don't match any records of any known ancient civilizations. 
uh, and a series of xenoarchaeology teams have been exploring the ruins, but nobody has been able to find anything out about them. Um, and so, let me see. We do have some people that got high enough on the checks. Conspiracy theorists, uh, <laughs> zero, zero bound. Um, oh, you know, some other bloggers or, you know, who have, who are, uh, on the conspiracy theory side of things and going through some of their old, uh, you know, old, old, uh, podcasts and the like, uh, you do get some hits about Jedirot, how it must have been home, must have, absolutely must have been home to a powerful ancient, civiliza- ancient civilization whose technology far exceeded anything in the packed worlds today. Um, there is some dispute among conspiracy theorists whether this uh, ancient alien species either designed all life in the packed worlds as, as you know it, uh, or whether they conquered a bunch of systems in the vast before ultimately destroying themselves, or whether they simply hid themselves in the subterranean structures beneath the ice of the planet and have yet to be discovered. Aha! Mm. And if well, they do, yeah, sure and I heard they're the actually case. secretly still running things. Yeah, but if they are discovered, it's an ice planet. They would be Jedars. Jed- what? No, Jedaratian. They're members of the Jedar the Jedar Order. Um, (laughs) On the ice uh, planet. All right, I see where we're going. And then, ah, they won't make it to the first marker. Um, (laughs) Alrighty. Uh, And Eleanor, New Horizons Luxury Retreats. You're able to find some things about. It's a subsidiary, as you know, of Abadar Corp. The startup company operates primarily in the vast, specializing in destination housing developments and luxury resorts. They were an independent company until they successfully built a tropical spa resort on an artificial island within the distant planet of Yunal's worldwide oceans, and Abadar Corp bought them out, and so now they operate as a subsidiary. Okay. Um, They were actually unknown in the Pact Worlds until this deal with Abadar Corp and the Xeno Wardens to terraform Jedirot into a winter resort. The joint project began seven years ago, and it it very near to completion. It should be com- it should be complete within the next you know weeks or months and start getting people. This is the thing that's going to put new uh, New Horizons luxury retreats kind of on the map in the pa- in the packed worlds. As long as this mm-hmm. whole thing goes well, so if we're lucky, it'll be complete, and we can just have a vacation there. Absolutely. I'm sure that's why they hired us. Seems great for a vacation destination. I'm not. I'm thinking that's not not usual, is it? Well, I mean, people go to Finland and Scandinavia Uh, on triaxis. We we typically don't vacation out in the in the ice fields. Well, on triaxis, don't you have like entire? Like years and years when you can't avoid the ice fields. Well, there's just certain parts that you just don't go to. Oh, <laughs> he does not. He chooses not to speak of it. I they see. Repressed Please. memories, perhaps. They need good PR, right? Turn it into des- luxury destination resorts. <laughs> Alrighty, so you all load up into the breath of breath of embers, and um, mm-hmm. were were I a more diligent GM? This is the point at which I would ask each of you to determine your roles on the starship 
for the purpose of starship combat, but really all I care about right now is who's the pilot. Oh. Well, that's a good question. Um, I'm a pretty competent pilot. I'm okay. Maybe others. You want it, si- You want to drive, Simon? Uh, Give me more time in the rec suite. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a nice rec suite, I, and they get a good spa too. Uh, so, as as the captain, Raz uh, <laughs> says. <laughs> I'm not sure I trust anyone who's to be a pilot who is going to use a rec suite. Excuse me? Oh, I, I don't see. like rec. It's a pun. Pilot. Oh, oh, he makes oh, puns. He's funny, man. Yeah, I, I didn't get that. I'm sorry. Yes. It went way over my head. <laughs> it's okay, Raz. I think we'll get along just your fine. audience. Yeah, after that pun, I don't think Simon actually wants to pilot. (laughs) (laughs) It puts you within range of the captain's puns, perhaps a little. If I'm following this person's orders, then I'm I'm going to my suite to read. (laughs) Uh, I think you just have to go to the rec suite, and you're not allowed to pilot anyway. Be careful, because when you're reading in your suite, I could page you at any time. Oh boy. All right, let's um, let's let's uh what are, what let's are pages? let's distract now. Scott. Hey Raz, will you roll five d six to see how many days this trip takes? But I'm not the pilot. But you're still in charge, so roll five d six. In you fact, at this point, blame. he's sort of alienated both potential <laughs> pilots. So we're not sure how we're getting there. Um, somebody will push, uh, I guess. I don't know. I, I can pilot a little bit, but usually it's just like... There you go. That's why it took so long. <laughs> That's right. That's why it took 22 days. To get out there. Wow. Yeah. All righty. I, wow. I can also pilot a little bit. We'd really rather yeah, not. Same. Uh, my, character, my character is unfortunately responsible, so I guess I'm the pilot. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, after the third day of us just sitting in the middle of space, it's like, fine. <laughs> Please, right. Simon, oh, find a North pilot for us. I didn't know these had a parking brake. <laughs> Well, you certainly got time to get to know one another over the 22 days of the journey. But at the end of it, you uh, you arrive in uh, at the world of Jedirot. Jedirot's atmosphere is, as you might have expected, a very cold and snowy one. But you can tell that there's been some significant progress at commercialization. There's uh, cheerful hollow billboards rising up into the sky, featuring several picturesque wintry scenes of quaint villages nestled among snow-capped peaks or sapient species participating in winter sports, ads for cozy log cabins, uh, things like that as you as you approach the coordinates. Um, once you get near to the coordinates where you're supposed to, supposed to land, though, it is in the middle of a very extreme blizzard. Fierce, fierce winds whip at your starship, driving blinding snow into the viewports obscure scanner readings. It makes navigation to get to the landing site pretty difficult. And I need a piloting check from well, the pilot. You Why don't we, we, we stay in orbit, man? I, I, this uh-huh. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Alrighty. That, that's pro- having, having tried to fly back into Seattle uh, during <laughs> the snow, I think we've determined actually why it took 22 days. We've been sitting in the atmosphere for 21, <laughs> waiting for the to go away, and eventually we're just like, uh, we'll go in. Yeah. you know, I think anyway. we're just going to have to land. 
Okay. 30. And you do. 30 is exactly the DC. So, man, welcome back. Monster Blizzard or another day of puns. Everybody leans as far forward as they can to try to get the ship to land. I will um, assist the pilot. <laughs> the pilot already landed. I, I'm like, Success. I put it down on the landing pad. And you're like, there. Let me help with the barometer. <laughs> all righty. As you all exit your ship, rugged mountain peaks covered in lush forests rise from Jedarot's frozen surface. There's sprawling construction sites nestling within the mountains and valleys. The heavy equipment and the incomplete structures nearly indistinguishable beneath mounting mounting snowdrifts. Uh, Glimpses of a luxurious log and stone building perched on the edge of a steep valley appear through the torrential snowfall. The chalet radiates warmth and inviting golden light from its glass picture windows, and sword-like icicles hang from its eaves. Man, it sounds like the author was very familiar with the cold wastelands of uh, of different areas, huh? Yeah, apparently so. Like Minnesota or something. Snoqualmie, <laughs> Crystal Mountain. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Upstate New York or what have you. All righty, but the chalet is plainly the place where you're supposed to go. I will remind you, well, your representative's name is uh, Esafina Knott. I don't want to be out in this weather force <laughs> he does uh simon seems a little oddly unbothered but also does not want to be out in this weather for uh very long so he's just gonna call her assuming that uh he was provided that information and oh, and ask like where to go like immediately <laughs> can can we get a ride is there an uber here or something <laughs> well, you you are, you know, from where you land, you are several hundred feet from the chalet, which normally is no big deal at all, but it's a blizzard out there. Um, when you get the, uh, when you try to raise the chalet on the comms, um, the, there is an awful lot of static, a surprising amount of static for comms that should be able to go planetary distance, much less a couple of hundred feet. And you've got a response, or this is this is Abadar Abadar Corp. But who who is you're the the ship that just landed? Yeah, then a whole bunch of burst of static. Um, and it, I think their mics went bad. That always happens. Is everybody here having environmental protections in their suits? Yeah, I don't think we'd live this long if we didn't. But... <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Although I'm more concerned about being blown away. Yeah. Oh, all. I'll, I'll hold your hand if you really need. <laughs> well, I just think, you know, to myself at times like this, what would Julakashti do? Blow something up. Oh boy. Ask how much would be paid first. No, I guess. Oh, I wait, know. we know that part. You know that. They We're already being paid. <laughs> yeah. So he would say, well, we're getting paid for this. Let's go. Yes, yes, he would. Okay, this this Jilakashti is very pragmatic. I can tell. <laughs> mm. No, no, he's married. Alrighty. Well, ah, uh, yes. So the uh, the the wind whips and blows around you as you uh, take the short walk over to the chalet. Um, it is a two-story Alpine lodge. Almost comically, it has gleaming solar panels integrated into its slanting rooftop. 
but they are certainly giving no power now. And that may explain why there's a, uh, the chugging of an enormous generator to give the building some Mm -hmm. light and power. Um, there are, um, what at first you see other people that are out here in the snow, but you, uh, when you take sort of a closer look through the blowing, uh, blowing snow, you can see that they are holograms of different types of people um, playing in the snow, building little snow forts together or snow people or having snowball fights in sort of this kind of gleeful way, which is totally at odds with the ferocity of the blizzard that's here. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, coming through the, uh, through the snow, uh, you see somebody coming your direction. Um, and as they get within a couple dozen feet, you can see that it is some sort of uh, enormous squat robot that is uh, fashioned to resemble a mountaineer, complete with suspenders and a uh, a woolen cap, um, but a blank faceplate. Yes, <laughs> yes, and but a blank faceplate. Sack on my back. Um, and the uh, the uh, burly humanoid robot uh, says in a in a tinny voice, um, "The chalet is this way," and then immediately turns around like its top half pivots around and it starts walking back in the other direction to lead you towards the chalet. Simon oh, is just gonna like sort of very slowly and almost robotically look at the other other people at like sort of does this does this seem like a dystopian movie already to anybody else <laughs> but not, not saying anything just just looking back to see what other people's reactions are and then very slowly turn back to the front and follow the robot i, I yeah, think it's the perfect way to, to do it leroy you'll be happy here look the guests just stay inside and then project themselves outside <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I I think that sounds safe. A culture where people deliberately risk hypothermia and death. It's absolutely worth studying. <laughs> All right. Well, you can you can make your way towards the uh, uh, towards the chalet easily enough, and the the weirdly dystopian festive theme continues inside. Um, there's evergreen wreaths that decorate the building's polished log interior, stone fireplaces that crackle with warmth and light. But there isn't there isn't any vacationers or anything in here. It's a bunch of people in suits. Um, oh. Abadar Corp suits. And off to one side, what is plainly meant to be some sort of gift shop is actually been converted to sort of a makeshift first aid station where you can tell they're treating people for uh, frostbite, hypothermia, and other cold-related injuries. Hmm. Hmm. Um, That's a good sign for a vacation place. I made sure that my armor would defend me against the cold before we left, right? Yep, all of you you have armor with the... Reds gets in line anyhow because he thinks they're probably serving cocoa as well. <laughs> I, I, it's it's possible. All right, so you go over to the uh, the first aid station. Some of the suited people see the group of you. The robot, I should say, didn't go inside. It just gets to the door. It opens a door for you pleasantly. Um, but the robot stays. I love the mountaineer robot stays outside. 
Um, and the people that are in suits kind of look over at you and they, those who are bothered to look up from their data pads, uh, there's this, this sense of sort of frantic anxiety that suffuses the place. Uh, those that actually look up seem a little bit puzzled, but like they don't, but they don't immediately challenge you. Like, who, who are these people? We have an appointment with Esafina Not Do we, did we get like a picture of her or some way to identify this person we're supposed to meet? That's a great question. Probably. As it happens, oh, I've got a picture of Esafina Not, which you I'm mean? sure all the people listening to our podcast will appreciate. She looks um, just like the robot that brought us in. If that's the case, we're leaving. Yeah. <laughs> Shortest campaign ever. No. She's right. got a dirndl and... Uh, to nice quote the great scholar Han Solo, no reward is worth this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I like her name there. All righty. Very, very positive. Yeah, if, we, if I spot her, I'm going to make a beeline for her since yeah, that's... You, you know what she looks like, but you don't see her here. And after a minute, um, you realize she's not going to be here. You might, you know, people are asking. You might ask where she's at or otherwise try to yeah. ping her when you're here in the chalet. I mean, if she's not currently here, Simon will go to the first aid station and see if he can help out. Okay, well, Raz, obviously Simon's coming to cut in line, it looks like. Um I'll allow it. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, at the uh, at the first aid station, they do have uh, several people that are tending to the injured. It looks as though now high end Abadar Corp suits, high end business suits in Starfinder, incorporate their own environmental protections, just the same way that armor does. And it's clear that these people, even though they're they're sort of suited for the occasion. They're not foolish when it comes to being outside, but the blizzard seems to have had such uh, such a strength to it that it's that's been able to overwhelm even some of their protections. So that's why they've got people that are suffering from some uh, hypothermia and that sort of thing. If you're if you come in and start stepping in like you know how to help people, the other others that are here will absolutely assist you. Right? There isn't a that you. It doesn't take long to realize there's no dedicated doctor here. Oh dear. Hmm. How many people are around? Why? Um, there are probably you count probably two dozen. Okay, so it's pretty easy to tell pretty quickly that she's not in here. Yes. Well, this this the chalet is two stories tall, and you're on the spacious ground floor. There's a whole other level, and you don't know oh. who's up there. So I haven't rolled above a six already in this campaign, but at the same time, mundane frostbite shouldn't be hard, too hard to treat. You so. are absolutely correct. Going to uh, see what the power situation is like, hot water, that sort of stuff. Uh, if worse comes to worse, um, start using magic to undo some of the damage. Spoiler alert, uh, it, it does appear that Simon uh, has some kind of magical power. Oh, neat! And yeah. and even out here, it's uh, like over over the time that you have spent with him on the ship, it's clear that despite looking mostly human, his pupils glow gold—not the iris or the whites, just the pupils. Hmm. And glow. it sort of flares up. Uh, they glow gold, oh. and it sort of flares up whenever he casts anything. Neat. 
and you see Raz make his own cocoa <laughs> by converting whatever liquid he had. Where did you get, get that? And did you bring enough to share? Yeah, right? steaming, yeah. steaming hot cocoa. <laughs> uh, yeah, he can basically make as much as you want. That's a cantrip that he has called churn fluid from a, uh, well, a little bit of dabbling he did. So he will make hot cocoa for everybody that wants them. That's excellent. I was, Koholo was just about to say, Raz, why don't we use that to get, uh, get some attention from these, uh, these suits and, and, uh, also figure out where our contact is. Is that, well, uh... shoot, between the two of us, we can turn this hospital ward around. <laughs> <laughs> we got this. We got this. Steph, is that your diplomacy? Right, well, you guys... It is. Okay. So I'm going to, uh, um, Walk up that to someone who looks like they're in charge uh, and uh, hand them a, a cup of cocoa and uh, begin polite conversation with the aim of figuring out um, uh, um, sorry, just where where not is. Yes. Sorry, I well, got that... distracted by the chat and I can't talk and read at the same time. Already. And also, like, finding out what's going on here. Why has everybody, like, got frostbite? And, you know, I guess they were caught outside. Oh, yes. Yes. Also, want to find out what's going on. And. Yeah, there is. There is if, a. If things have changed or if something happened or if they just are really not prepared for this planet. Well, the person you talk to says, Esfina, oh, Ms. Knott, she's upstairs. Let me let me go get her. Um, and so that sort of, as though excited to have something to do, um, that it seems like it might be productive. The person bustles off other people that you talk to explain that the whole, the terraforming, um, mechanisms that the planet has have just totally gone haywire and the cold temperature isn't a problem, but the cold temperature, it'll be, you know, just sort of a, uh, um, sort of mundane wintry cold. But it'll get pockets where it just the temperature will drop an extra sixty or seventy degrees, and so, um, and, and that's all due to the uh, terraforming going starting to go nuts. Uh, uh, and it's it's dumped huge amounts of snow across several of the areas that they intend to traverse to do their work. It's destroyed some of the half finished buildings, and and there's entire parts of the. Uh, the planet, which have small communities that they're in the process of building that have had to just totally, you know, hunker down in the warmest building they can in order to try to try to wait for rescue or more information. And as much as they're doing their best here to coordinate that across the planet, something's happening with the uh, with the comms. So it's it's basically a mess. They're they're hoping for people to come by and help out with it, but they would expect, you know, some some assistance from Abadar Corp home base. They've asked for it. They think their messages have been received, but um but when they saw sort of the group of you, some people are like, "Well, I, I mean, that's not the rescue we we're necessarily hoping for, but we'll take anybody and especially when you came in and started showing some uh, skill with both medicine and hot chocolate production. They were uh, <laughs> they were quick to take your assistance. Two things sorely needed in this group. Clearly, definitely. Yeah, it's not very jolly out there. <laughs> not at all. 
Um, and before long, Esfina Not comes down the wide wooden stairs with their sort of the winding red, thick red ribbon around it to seem all festive. Um, and she uh, she sees the group of you, and it's like, ah, excellent. I am glad you are here. She is a tall, elderly human woman with umber-colored skin and a cybernetic optical implant in her left eye that gives her the appearance of uh, heterochromia. So she's got sort of a, a obviously oh, all yeah, orangeish look, look in one eye. She's got a data pad in one hand and a um, uh, uh, earpiece on one ear, and she's spending all of her time in that sort of half-distracted way that people do. She's plainly trying to keep up several conversations at once with the occasional uh uh-huh, uh-huh in her earpiece and tapping occasionally on her phone. Uh, She's got a very nice suit, the nicest suit that you've seen here. You mean data pad? Yes. Hey, I've got a nice suit, too. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> she has a a suit as good as yours with Avatar Corp's logo on the lapel. Thank you. Um, um, and she says, "Ah, I'm I'm Miss Knot. You're the uh, you're the troubleshooter group." Yes, yes. And the first question I have for you: uh, cocoa or cider? Uh, cider, please. He hands her a, a mug. All right, she she kind of balances it with her other hand, like data pad in one hand and cider in the other, and trying to uh, grip both of them despite having uh, long nails. She's like, "Oh, oh, excellent, excellent." She blows across it, takes a sip, says, "Thank you." Uh, let's go upstairs where it's a little quieter. And Rev just kind of raises his eyebrows, like, "You know, you could have six arms. That would help a lot." <laughs> Is there some particular way in which Skittermanders raise their eyebrows to say just that to most people they meet? To other Skittermanders, there is, yes. <laughs> it's a six arm thing. You guys wouldn't understand it. Yeah. Alas, yeah. we are all born with our separate blessings. Let's go upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Alas. Uh, okay. Um, I'll try to squeeze my way up there. You can. It, it's This place is, you know, first of all, it's built to accommodate people of a lot of different sizes. So it's not uncomfortable for a large character to be here. Oh, okay. It's also Very good. kind of, it's like, uh, this is the main landing chalet, so it's sort of big and spacious by design. So yeah, the dystopian robot has to be able to get in here too. So right. true. although the dystopian robot's not, but it's sort of halfway between person sized and uh, Leroy sized, maybe a little bit bigger than maybe a little bit bigger than Koholo. Guys, not quit calling him that. His name's Hansley. <laughs> Honestly, if you had to identify a size category for the robot, dystopian robot, it would be medium. Why do I immediately jump to knowing that? No bother. No bother. Let's just go on. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, all right. All right. Let's just, to let's see just put it out of its misery now and save ourselves some time later. <laughs> well, first we're going to destroy your uh, robot. Wait, what? <laughs> no, no. Look, we've watched understand. movies. We know how we know how this <laughs> right. is going to de- descend. Wait, which one of you is going to turn into the beast? That's what I want to know. I don't know. I imagine this type of conversation is uh, is making your android very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Oh, so he's one of the good ones. Esafina not. Uh, she she holds on to the snowflake pattern mug that was at hand in the gift shop for you to be making these liquids out of. Um, takes a little sip, uh, sort of raises her her uh, cup to you. Ah, says thank you. This is 
a uh, a a momentary pleasure in a difficult time. Um, that's that's us. <laughs> look, thank you. The ruins here on Jedirat have always been a problem. Uh, the planet is chock full of them. When resort construction started, we decided to build around the ruins instead of destroying them. Um, the idea was uh, to add a little bit of local color to the project and to keep our Xeno Warden uh, partners in the, uh, in the venture happy. Uh, of course, we did our due diligence. We're not fools. We sent in teams to explore the ruins, and the teams found nothing of interest. We still have no idea what the ruins are and who or what built them. About a week ago, we discovered another set of ruins in the valley below, and she gestures to the wide picture window as though you'd see anything out of it except blowing snow and realizes sort of her error. She's like, oh, well, that way uh, <laughs> is uh, about two miles. Um, we, were, we found another set of the ruins. Uh, this structure was different. It was a walkway surrounding a passage that led deep underground. Uh, we immediately sent in a team of Xenoarchaeologists. None of us expected them to find anything unusual, and New Horizons started drafting plans for an interactive museum incorporating the structure right away. But the last communication we received from the team was disturbing, uh, to be frank. Um, I'll go and send it to you, and she she taps her data pad with like her pinky finger of the mm-hmm. hand she's holding the cup with. Um and your comm units all bing, 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 bing as a received message. Um, uh, Tala, uh, the team leader, reported that uh, one of her squad somehow activated a piece of machinery deep in the ruins. And that's when our terraforming equipment went berserk. Uh, before all the comms went dark and staticky, uh, Tala said the site's defenses were back online. I don't know what that means, but it doesn't sound good. Topside, we haven't been able to disconnect or hack into whatever's causing the disturbance because of the problem with the comms and the weather's not making anything better. We we haven't heard from them in a co- in several weeks. Uh, they had plenty of supplies. They certainly could have survived this long, but they're researchers. They're not trained combatants dealing with whatever uh, uh, defense mechanisms were back online. I'm really worried something might happen to them long before they run out of rations. Um, She uh, uh, tries to fiddle with her data pad a little bit more and realizes it's sort of awkward, so she hands her cup uh, to you, Raz, so she can um, uh, pull something up on it. It uh, creates a holographic uh, topographical map of a valley with a set of coordinates marked in red. This is the team's last known location. Um, Rescuing this team and shutting down whatever's causing the storm is my key concern here. Uh, I've got every reason to think that whatever is causing the terraforming machinery across the planet uh, to malfunction is because of something that happened here. If they can be saved, please save them and stop whatever is going on down there. Is that uh, is that clear? Do you have any questions? Has has anybody tried anything already? Has there been a previous attempt to make direct contact with them? Uh, we have had two groups 
try to make it to Hardpack Valley to connect with them. Uh, you've probably seen most of them in the first aid station. Uh, we try to wait until our sensors say the temperature is safer and then go out. But with the erratic um, movements in both the temperature and the wind, people aren't able to get very far. We haven't had anybody even able to make it to the valley, much less find out what happened to them there. Hmm. So no ground transport of any sort? We don't. Nothing that's going to be able to work. We've got a uh, um, anything that we've got that could fly can't make it there because of the winds and the snowdrifts are stopping most of our uh, our our equipment, even our heavy construction equipment, isn't able to make it through some of the snowdrifts. You don't have any boring equipment. I mean, none, none of it's very exciting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Ah, that's right into that one. I, I think Raz is uh, missed his, his chance there. <laughs> no, no, no. It was it was too easy. That's right. I I, I jumped in on that. Um, it doesn't get XP for a low CR pun. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I, uh, yeah, I, no, we haven't, we don't have anything that tunnels underground that we've been able to get access to. Um, I could, I could look up manifests and see what like that we might have elsewhere on the planet if you think it's helpful, but how to get it here would pose its own logistical difficulties. Yeah. Just, just asking. Yeah. So perhaps the, you're thinking our ship might be able to get there. Although it was rough coming in here. I mean, if you're the if you're the experts that Abadar Corp says they were going to uh, requisition and pay very handsomely, I I think you'll have to walk. It's going to be two rough miles, but it's only two miles. Can you give us a map photo. of the topography? Uh, I can, and she points at the glowing holographic topographical map and say it's right here, and she kind of casts it to your devices as well. All right. All right, so, like, just looking at our comms, what does the route into this place look like? Uh, it's uh, there. It's a uh, longish valley that sort of that that's runs uh, perpendicular to where you are. There is there used to be a series. There used to be a road that went from here to there that was wide enough and and uh, uh, shallowly graded so they could bring construction equipment down into Hardpack Valley. Um, the, so the topographical map shows a fairly clear wide road there. There are a couple of spots on it where she's able to identify, yeah, our teams that came out said that the snow's been piled uh, 10 or 11 feet high here. Uh, and then in this part here, part of the road has just simply collapsed into rubble. Um, yeah, we don't. So we haven't been able to get the uh, uh, all the way there to determine what problems there are, but what is normally a fairly straight and safe, a fairly safe and straightforward route, unfortunately, is probably anything but. It's the best we've got, though. It's the best way there mm. into the valley. Do you have any uh, additional cold do. weather equipment? I don't think we're all fully outfitted for this extreme weather. We absolutely will give you all of the environmental protections that armor gives. Uh, if you check with the first aid station, um, I wish she hits another thing. She's like, I've also um, uh, told them to set aside some of the surplus items for you to aid in the rescue operation. So stop there and pick up some more supplies. How big is this group Excellent. that we're looking for? Oh, it's three people. And what else can you tell me about it? Oh, uh, only oh, three. Uh, yeah, it, it is um, uh, Tala, 
is a female Corlew. Um, Ariad N5 is an uh, agender android. Hmm. Uh, and Nifri Zamus Gidrin Sai is a male Kasatha. They're professionals. They've explored several of the ruins on this planet. We certainly didn't expect them to have any any problems. Uh, if you you can actually that thing I that video I sent you first. If you play that, you'll be able to see them and see what oh. they look like. I'm just gonna like look at my comm unit and what is the current temperature outside and wind speed. Um, let's see. It is right now. It is 10 degrees below. Yeah, 10 degrees below Fahrenheit-ish. Um, it is an environment of extreme cold. Um, and the winds are powerful. I don't... Hmm. <laughs> that must... That sounds like Gale it's a force. game term. Yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so many knots, it you won't believe how many knots. Yeah, Gale Force winds would be like fifty knots. That would okay. be it's not that much. strong. It's not that. Much. So, right. so I had a had a uh, friend who was diabetic, and one time his blood sugar monitor just said high, <laughs> because apparently <laughs> it was so high it did not have a number for it. So I'm just going oh, to assume boy. powerful is the same in this situation. <laughs> no, it is off the charts. Wait, oh no, it is not quite as that. No, oh, I see. Okay. <clears throat> it is a uh a windstorm. Windstorm level. Yeah. Um powerful That's enough like to bring down knots. branches if not whole trees. Non-energy mm -hmm. ranged weapon attack rolls take a minus four penalty. Attacks with archaic no. ranged weapons are impossible. Perception checks take a minus eight penalty due to the howling of the wind and the snow. And small characters might be knocked down. But as long as Come a on. larger than small character holds on to them, they'll be fine. And I happen okay, to have so. brought one along with me. Isn't that convenient? <laughs> yes. Now, do you have to have one for each small character, or can you all just pile on the, the big character? You can, well, you can hold on to as many as six, right? <laughs> but I'm not the big character. I'm the small character. No, you're the small character. <laughs> Everyone gather around Raz. <laughs> and exactly. Each one of you, and that anchors him. You can be yeah, the hub. Yeah. Well, I'm going to uh, take a look at my equipment and uh, do a little bit of adapting for this cold weather, I think. Tinker, right. tinker with it a little bit for the weather. Because I'm the spokesman. Now, we probably should have done it, or probably would have done it on the ship, but uh, Dr. Ammon will ask you all to uh, get scanned by his uh, uh, micro lab. You probably did it while we were sleeping or something. Boop, boop, yeah, well, you snuck into your chambers while you were. Yeah, that sounds like so totally something for downtown. Whenever the biohacker says, "If I scan you, I can help you," yeah, few people are going to say no, thank you. Yeah, well, no, it, it all depends. It, when they find out how I'm going to be taking the tissue sample, uh, oh boy, they, some of them. Yeah. Simon may actually refuse, mm -hmm. although. Uh, if you do it in his sleep, I, I don't know that he uh, will wake up. <laughs> <laughs> Sleep's the sleep of the just, like all lawyers. Um, <laughs> oh, I see. Someone's sucking up the GM. By the way. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if I'm sucking up or like deliberately trash talking him. <laughs> <laughs> or both. I tried Why not both? Game. It didn't work. Why not both? <laughs> 
All right. You, you do seem to draw lawyers to your games, don't you? True. Um, okay, so you said one was a Kasatha, and what are the other two? Oh, the android in a uh, a Corlu is like a is a like a slug person. Okay, oh. they're actually kind of an adorable slug person. Um, okay. When you play the vid clip that uh, Ms. Not sent you, the it's shaky footage. It's about it's not even sixty seconds long. Uh, nice. Sound footage. Like it is shaky cam. <laughs> the shaky footage pans a circular room crowded with machinery. Lights blink from what appear to be computer consoles, although the technology of the room differs than anything that you've ever seen in the packed worlds. Uh, the camera's operator flips the device to re re reveal herself as a Corlu, one of these slug people, uh, bundled in heavy thermal gear. Uh, there are two other humanoids huddling in a corner of the room behind her. She whispers in common, we woke it up. And a warning, bump, 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 starts howling somewhere sort of off camera. Uh, she says, oh no, dear gods, the defenses are back online. The camera shakes violently and the footage ends abruptly. Okay. Hmm. Uh oh. That that doesn't look good. Um, Multiple issues here: defenses and something that's waking up. Something woken People up. People are really grouchy well, when they unless, wake up. Unless waking up was just a general thing for the whatever you know, the building or the the uh, the place that they were in. Could well, they said they rather than it's. Some yeah. people anthropomorphize everything. Well, uh, oh, it could be a gender. You're right. Yeah, Raz has just realized that um, he has a thermal capacitor, and that is really good against weather. Mm. Oh, no, good. Oh, neat. Like, and he'd be between minus fifty and one hundred and seventy comfortable. Wow. Hmm. Of course, he's also covered in fur. That yeah, ought to count that, for that something. That gives him another plus one. Yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I didn't take that. We're just so used to using the uh, resistances on that that I forgot about the fact that it, it protects you against extreme temperatures as well. Yeah. Cool. Alrighty. Well, is there uh, anything else? I'm I'm anxious, Miss Knott says, for you to get on your way. Yes. Absolutely. Is there anything else you need from me before you head out? Uh, and the Under the equipment down in the first aid station. Right. <laughs> Under the circumstances. Uh, is there any merit to evacuating the current resort occupants into orbit? Well, when we, well, we seem to be pretty safely operating here under gender generator power. Um, we're acting as a, uh, as much as we can, sort of a central command point for the other facilities that are all around the planet. Uh, I've, on one hand, I want to make sure that the people that I have here are safe. On the other, I, I, I shudder to think what it might look like if we evacuate. It'll look like we're leaving them behind. Understandable. Yeah, yeah I, I think we got what we need. I think let's so. go check out uh, surplus supplies. Yeah, let's do it. Yes. Yep. Okay. Alrighty. The surplus items they have are these. Four white nanite hypopens. Okay. From the armory. Oh, so in case you have hypothermia. Uh, <laughs> two green nanite hypopens. Four Mark Three serums of healing. And a spell ampule of haste. 
Oh, nice. Oh, nice. I, I don't know why they have that in a first aid station, but they have it, and they're happy to let you have it. <laughs> what are the nanite four. pens for? Uh, like they have different, different healing abilities, they do. And, There's and which kind did we have? Four whites, two greens. Two greens. Okay. And what was two. the last item? A uh, spell uh, ampule of haste. They also give each of you a week's worth of of uh, ready to eat rations, like like uh, compact travel rations. It's it's certainly yeah, not no. super tasty stuff, but it's very lightweight mm. and can sustain Wait you for a long week. time. Okay. And uh, Ron, which uh, kind of serums of healing did we get? Mark three. Four Mark, Mark three. three serums of healing. I'm I'm getting this stuff mostly. Yeah, okay. the the white hypo pens are remove affliction. The green are restoration. Oh, okay. Okay. That's awesome. Sorry, I was not familiar with that item. It's like a technological spell equivalent thing. Mm -hmm. Excellent. All right. And I think those could be of use, yes. Excellent. Yeah. And I think turning you off into the storm is what we will pick up with next time. All right. All right. Excellent. Excellent. All right. You've been listening to Intrepid Heroes on the No Direction Network. New episodes are posted every other Monday. 